You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Falling Skies After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show, it's AfterBuzz TV's Falling Skies After Show. Welcome, everybody. Bing is for doing. We're here doing episode seven of season three, of course, for Falling Skies, called The Picket Line, aptly named. Mm. I am your host, Phil Svitek, joined alongside my other host. That's me. That is you. That's me, Nando Velasquez. Hello, everybody. Hello, Nando. <laughs> uh, very, very excited to uh, to be here. You know, the follow-up episode to what was a very good episode. Yeah. And uh, the... the Mason family is alone, but we'll get to them in a bit. Um, finally, we figure out who the mole is. But before we even talk about the mole, we have to talk about the president is still alive. <laughs> what a great reveal. I know. Yeah. Well, you know, you spend all this money on Stephen Collins. You'd have to get him for more than one episode, I would think, you know? Yeah, that's, that's As a president. True. Yeah. So the president, nice little surprise. Uh, Stephen Collins, uh, President Hathaway. Uh survived that uh, attack, that air attack, then his plane went down it's, with him and Cochise. It serves two purposes. Now we get to really kind of, um, we're, you know, it, it, it would bring trust to the Volm. Yeah. You know, because the fact that he would even consider saving him or that he, you know, did this miraculous feat mm-hmm. um, to save the president um, is a sign of uh, oh, respect yeah. to the human race. Absolutely. So, uh so congratulations, coaches, for accomplishing that. I mean, there's – but ironically enough, there's too much turmoil <laughs> to, to, to really uh, even have that sink in. What a time for him to come back. Yeah. <laughs> and coaches as well. Although although another welcome addition. I'm kind of glad to see coaches back too. I'm, I'm very glad to see. Um, but it there, there's two parts to it. Um, it you know, uh, it's funny how it's seeing. It's funny seeing the dynamic of how much as, as more and more information about this weapon comes out. How much in sync the president and Tom really were, and how much uh, you know um, Marina's agenda doesn't really matter. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Yes I mean, and no. Yes and no. I mean, Marina is a different pre- kind of president, but and I obviously there's been a lot of uh, a lot of. I don't want to, I don't know if you want to call it like a red herring almost, but you know, there's a lot of been, there's a lot of been iffy decisions that she's made. It's made everybody question and you could still see it in this episode. People are still questioning Marina's motives. Yeah. Whether they are, uh, her own just because she is very, um, you know, cause she's a control freak cause she wants to take power or, or whether there's something else there, whether she's not playing on the right team. Well, she did have a great moment with the president of, you know, uh, when they're talking about the senator and how she she was, you know, what uh, – The senator worked. called her feisty, I believe. Feisty. Yes, that she was very feisty. Um, and, you know, they had that nice moment to kind of – where they both knew him and yet, okay, now this is another person that's dead that they both knew. So they, they had – they bonded over that. Yeah. Which I, I, I think uh, showed the fact that, yes, yeah, she is a 
competent leader and, and she should be trusted. Before before the big reveal at the end of the episode, I think we definitely got to see a better side of her. We got to see her point of view a little bit more. I agree. I understand agree. Um, and yet, you know, it is funny how much her power was taken away, you know, how much, again, in, in the dark she really was about this Volm weapon, you know I mean? Yeah. She, she lied to uh, Kadar about, okay, you know, Tom ordered to do this. Actually, no, it's just me because I want to know. And now we, f- we finally figure out why um, it needs all that excess power, mm-hmm. which is to basically destroy itself. Pretty much just to uh, – well, to save everybody in the end, but yeah. there's risks involved. So and, uh, and the reason why it was kept secret was not to panic everybody else to realize exactly how dangerous this weapon is and how it could backfire. But, you know, what do you, what do you think of the notion that Tom didn't tell her? I mean, if if he's really going to leave her in charge, he should have told her. Or was it enough to just give her all the documents away? Well, I would I would assume by Tom not telling her, it also meant Tom didn't fully trust her. She's not family. She's not second mass, which mm-hmm. it keeps going back to family. Then again, it's not like he would go out and tell Pope and <laughs> Pope mm-hmm. second mass or even Weaver. But uh, but yeah, it, it was a very big secret with him and Cochise. And I guess really the only three people who seemed to know were, were Cochise, Tom. And uh, and Hathaway now, those were the only three at the time that knew. So it just shows how how secretive this plan was that he couldn't even tell his successor about this. Uh... Oh, I wonder what was in the documents that he handed over, if the truth was in fact in within that. Yeah, that's a good question. I you know, <laughs> I mean, I imagine not because you know if he did hand over those kind of documents, she you know, seems the first... like the kind of person that would have read them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think she would have missed that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, interesting dynamic. Um, Kind of, uh, you want to talk about kind of Pope real fast? And how how he's being affected by Real by fast. her. I, I love I love the Pope line. Um, I, it's just really really funny to see how in control Pope has been in in Charleston, having his own little Pope down. And you hear him talking about all the credits he's got. But what are you going to do once you leave Charleston with credits? Nothing really. And uh, and then to come and see that his world is about to be turned upside down because uh, because uh, you know he's about to have his whole town moved because of. Um, Moran, yeah, Marina's plan. Yeah, because of Marina's plan. Excuse me, because of Marina's plan and moving his his little place of operations, getting rid of uh, the bar to make room for new people coming in, new refugees possibly coming in or whatever. So typical Pope thinking really, you know, being really upset. And I have to say he's a bit selfish. So thinking about himself, convinces everyone to do a, a worker slowdown. Uh, at probably again one of the worst times it, they, they're a couple of weeks away from this grid being up and the volm weapon has to be ready and everyone's just not working it's like a typical little strike like norma ray type action although although for really selfish reasons just to keep pope standing in, in his bar and to keep him living where he's at yeah and you know uh it again it, it's just it's scary to think how many people he actually had amassed yeah and his uh his meeting and and to be fair there are some points that he made that were valid there are some points like they what? do need well i think i think the 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 community needs morale and and there's nothing better that speaks morale to those kinds of to, to the kinds of people he's with than alcohol yeah than a bar to socialize to drink to to not have to think about their problems you know to to a communal you know community center of sorts 
Uh, it's not your typical community center, but you know what I mean. It's a community for for these people who are working. But again, their butts that's off. where you would you you should spread the propaganda of like what we're doing is great. Yeah. You know, keep up the good work, and that's probably why Pope's probably the wrong person to run this bar because he's a, he's a, has a completely different opinion over the government that's yeah. over there. And and when Tom was in charge, and now of course uh, uh, Marina as well, and even even at Weaver, I mean he'll he'll butt heads with Weaver, but it, you notice that they could at least make up more or less, or, or they acknowledge each other yeah. fairly well, even though Weaver is totally willing to arrest Pope for uh, disorderly conduct and general disobedience, I, I believe, something like that. General disobedience and uh, general unruliness, I think it was. Yeah, yeah civil disobedience. Now, you know, uh, what about their talk, you know, in the, quote, jail cell, when he says, you know, Tom told me a long time ago, the, you know, we in order to build this society, we need people like you. Yeah. Um, I think it's what, coming from a history professor, a history of American um, – uh, American history professor – uh, I think that's a very valid point. You know, America's a democracy. Uh, I don't think a professor of American history could really talk about battles and wars and epic events in, in history without saying that, you know, the First Amendment is the right to free speech. And yeah. you can't just shut someone down. And everyone, even Pope, has a valuable opinion. And, uh, and he, you know. But I, I, I think in, in that speech with Weaver, um, you know, Weaver's kind of egging him on. More so than I, th- I think the words will eventually turn into action as they must. Yeah, and especially now, you know, Weaver is not happy with what's going on with that weapon. So it's it, it's right after he finds out the information that he does. Um, so what does that mean that Pope could possibly do? What benefit does he have? You know, if if all goes awry. Well, I think he. It's again, they're, they're family, and I think when it comes down to it, they both can align to uh certain things and weaver not trusting uh marina and not trusting that volm weapon i mean that goes to show you that uh you know he's kind of telling pope look you're not you know you have a very different opinion and uh you know but there's a possibility you could be right so just watch your back i mean he literally said watch your back in case there's a knife uh, attached to and he said same thing they both have that that mutual respect for each other so i do see uh that you know, Weaver's you know, there's Weaver and Pope do have an understanding about each other. They might not agree with each other. I mean, Weaver might, might feel like he's babysitting Pope sometimes, or or having to slap him every now and then. But but there still is uh, some mutual respect. And again, Weaver has his doubts. Weaver's number one man was Tom, and Tom is gone. So he, this is a world where where Weaver doesn't know who to trust necessarily. So who is he going to come back to? Someone like Pope. Well. You know what's uh, – I want to talk about – because it was interesting. We got the – and we'll talk about from the Mason side of it. But um, the fact that Pope did bring up like, hey, you know, Tom Mason's a smart guy. He knows when to leave a sinking ship. Yeah. And that was being brought up with the Masons, which we'll talk about again from their perspective. But from Pope's perspective, why is why is Charleston falling so bad? Well, from Pope's perspective, it's just all going to hell anyway because, you know, the way Pope likes to live is every man for himself. And he doesn't like to fall in line with uh, with organization, so to speak, I think. So I, I, this is just my thoughts on him. He doesn't like anything that he can't control. And especially right now that Marino is trying to take uh, take the bar away and move everything out. But is it, like that, that. is it the fact that they're working uh, – pretty much with the volume without any information like what i think i think it's a lot know, of that i think it's all of that too yeah 
you know, I, I think he makes great argument in that sense. But some, again, sometimes, uh, and he, he's right in the sense that you know, uh, in order to build, I, I think uh, the true idea of democracy, at least in Socrates' thinking, is that everyone needs the same amount of information in order to make an opinion. That's true. You know, as it stands, I mean, America at the end of the day right now is a representative democracy. It's not a true democracy. But really, at the same time, means. Pope having the same amount of information as everyone else is not necessarily a good thing sometimes because. <laughs> no, but but again, well, that's why it's yeah. an idealistic view of what a true democracy is. Mm. You know, and do you really trust Pope with this information? Like, how how, how do we do that? And, you know, can that actually exist or are we just going to lie? And really, it's tyranny. Yeah. You know, it would be really interesting if – I know I made this prediction a while ago if Pope ended up like running for president against Tom back then. I said it would be really interesting to see how Pope would handle a lot of this uh, a lot of this news if he somehow was ever an elected official in this, uh, in this world. Because there are – obviously, I think when you are uh, in a higher position, kind of like Hathaway and, and Marina now – you have to judge. You know, you have to you have to make decisions on your own, but you have to decide what to reveal and what not to reveal. I think I think ironically, Pope is too childlike to make decisions in that grand scheme. Yeah, no, I can agree with that. You know, and and also, you know, with, with uh, at the end of the day, being a leader is being unafraid to be unpopular mm. to a large extent. You know, because you you have to make decisions that might not be popular, and I don't think you know it's clear that Pope wants to be popular and you, so he you know i mean look at how many people he's got <laughs> you know um i think at the end of the day he he'll he can run off on his own if he has to but he does have a very uh popular opinion or or he, he has a lot of sway yeah he does have a lot of sway you know it's interesting what you said about weaver and um him how you know with the masons gone they kind of cling to each other because you know then you have pope trying to cling on to maggie yeah um, yeah because they're all they all have history with each other. They're all second mass. I mean, Maggie and Pope have a, a little bit of a deeper history. That's not necessarily a good one, as Maggie reminded to Pope uh, when we first saw them in season one. Uh, they don't have a great history, but they've managed to live together, coexist, co- coexist somewhat. And this has been like one of the the first opportunities we've in a while that we've seen Pope and Maggie isolated having a conversation like this. So it was really it was a really good scene actually between the two of them. It was and you know just just the fact of it was a nice reminder also too about how, you know, and and it served multiple levels on from a storytelling perspective of like okay, you know, the the big thing was, right? We found them all, the, the you know, the case is solved, it's all good, it's all good. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we uh now what a what a reveal. I I love that reveal actually. Uh, you know, you called it like right before, I guess. Like, oh, that wonderful for me that I caught it when they wanted me to catch it finally. <laughs> I'm so genius. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, who predicted it? It, it was actually really great. I mean, here's this uh, here's this person who is saving lives. She has been dealing with, uh, you know, every time someone's injured, every time something go- is going on, she is she's in the emergency room. Who would think that someone who's saving lives is also the mole? A perfect, you know, perfect cover. Perfect, yeah. And if you think about it, a couple of weeks ago when, when Hal was, uh, was it, or was it last week? I can't really track. Last week when Hal was, uh, when they finally discovered Hal was the mole, remember she was the one doing tests on the parasite. She said she couldn't find it. Yeah. So what if 
what if maybe that was uh, her being a mole saying, oh, I can't find the parasite. It might be gone. Who knows? Nothing I can do. She can't kill the, the eye worm because she's got like 30 of them inside of her that are stopping her from doing anything like that. And and I'm sure if you go back farther, you could figure out more stuff. Like when she was with um, Anne and Alexis, she obviously must have been the one who told uh, Karen that Anne and Alexis were balting. Yeah. You know, so stuff like that. I'm sure if you if you look back and start watching everything else and start paying attention to Lourdes, I'm sure you'll see a lot of little little clues that that would tell you that she's the, the mole, even though we didn't figure it out till this episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it was so greatly done. I mean, you know, the, the, you knew in those moments when she was walking out that she was trouble. Yeah. But at that point. We're we're at episode seven, so it's not. It's a nice reveal at that point. It's not like, oh my god, I know who it is. And again, twenty seconds later, we find out that was so cool. She goes downstairs. She like counts the paces on where she should be laying down, and she positions herself exactly underneath President Hathaway and kills him from uh, from the floor below. Poor President Hathaway. We just got used to having him back. Great episode with that with Stephen. It's Stephen Collins. You killed Stephen Collins. Oh my god. And then and then he's gone. Well, uh, you know. Two things out of it for me. Um, one's kind of more superficial, but um, on a story level, you know, it's interesting because now everyone's going to be like, oh, okay, you know, uh, you, uh, Marina was losing power now that the president was there because obviously he, he retains the power. Mm-hmm. Um, so it isn't it convenient for her to have killed him to regain that power. So there's going to be that notion. There's an interesting theory there. Uh, I don't think it. I don't think it flies as much. I don't think someone's that power hungry in this world dealing with an alien attack so close, the Ashvetic attack or the Ashvetic grid at least closing up within a couple of weeks. I don't think anyone's going to be that power hungry to want to kill Pope, the president. You don't think Pope wouldn't be able to run with a story like that? Oh, he would. And Weaver, Weaver, and Pope were talking about it. But I just think the more feasible excuse would have been there's obviously there's still a mole that Marina's the mole, but not that she wants to get rid of the president so she takes control i mean okay well that makes sense yeah i I, but i mean you look that's the that's the story they're going with obviously suspicion is on marina right now because we know who the mole is but nobody else does so suspicion that we that i've I've had since week one that marina was the mole is now a lot more relevant a lot more obvious to weaver to pope to who knows who else in the um who knows who else there in charleston yeah how is she able to get away? She was so um, calm about it. Yeah. As she was like, it would, it'd be like me waking up in the morning and, you know, getting a cup of coffee. Like, <laughs> they, you're, you're not, you know, they're, they're snipers and they could be 500 feet away or whatever that you hide and you can go off slowly. Like, you're one level down. Yeah. You don't think they can go, like, they just know, okay, they're downstairs. Now go through the stairs like just figure this out how was she able to get away that's it's slightly a plot hole that is a little bit of a wtf moment but again i mean think of how uh obvious or or, or how oblivious we were to lords being the 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 mole because she again she's a healer so okay but that was that was story technique in the way it was being told to us you know obviously information was withheld but the fact that okay the you sh- you know they they rushed in immediately because that was a pretty big explosion. Or they whatever. rushed in up, upstairs. Upstairs, yeah. right? And so they immediately noticed. Okay, there's a hole through the ground, so it must have been through the ground. I would have been like, okay, go, 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 go on the stairs. Yeah. You get to the stairs. Well, how many exits? The, 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 you know, I would have liked. She have? I agree. I would have liked to have seen her get away 
as opposed to the commercial break. She's just like wa- sauntering off practically. She's yeah. just like very, very calm and not in a hurry. Well, I mean, anywhere. here's the thing. You, you, you could it was an opportunity to do something cool where, you know, you had um, everyone kind of running down the stairs and she's nonchalant about it. And, oh, there's the laundry escape. Whoop, I'm yeah. down. Yeah. And gone. And that's no. it. That's all you needed. Uh, yeah. Well, then we come back from a commercial break and she's in church praying when they tell her that the president died. So it's like she got some somehow from the time he got shot and everyone rushed in, <laughs> she got uh, away from, from being one floor directly below to the chapel yeah. or a church or wherever she was at. And by the way, that, how freaky was that? She's praying and then the camera uh, goes around and you just see all the eye worms just hanging out. Like it's such a, a weird um, – just, just, just. I can never say this word right. Just juxtaposition. Yeah, in a way, someone a little a religious uh, motive, like like she's praying for somebody, like a like maybe for the president to heal or something else. Meanwhile, all these little aliens. You are, don't you don't think that was a setup for um you know uh, so she the news is delivered to her like the president's dead. It's just a nice. I think it's just a cover up rather than like her actually praying. Oh yeah, no, absolutely a cover up, but still just the positioning of just for the sake of story or the writing of it. I just thought it was really uh an interesting place to to put her praying <laughs> in church when she is she's the one responsible for killing the president. Yeah. And with all those uh eye worms all over the place. Eye bugs all over. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I'm glad we finally found out who the mole is. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. Yeah, with now that you know, that's one of the big uh one of the big cliffhangers, I guess. Now we finally know it's Lord is and, and the president's dead. What's next? Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the notion continues. Is, is this a sinking ship? Can can Charlestown continue? Um, you know, we don't know. Well, as long as the mole is around, they're all still going to be in danger. Well, there's that. There's Karen. I mean, there, there's a lot. You know, we haven't seen Karen since she, uh, she did stuff with Hal. <laughs> <laughs> since her dreams with Hal more or less yeah yeah so it's it's been a while um so we'll see you know eventually we're we got three more episodes and we'll obviously talk about that in predictions mm. but we should also talk about um hey guys um we know you've been listening for the past couple of weeks we really appreciate it and uh you know for those of you who've been tuning in uh i'm you know i know a lot of you guys have already downloaded adventures of serial buddies on itunes um it's a movie Made by Kevin Undergaro, who he wrote and directed it. Produced by Maria Menounos, um, our two co-founders here at AfterBuzz TV. It's the first serial killer comedy of all time. For those of you uh, who haven't yet purchased it, please do so. It uh, it really helps us out. It allows us to continue bringing content such as this for free. Um, as great a network as we are, we're like the, ironically, the PBS of all you know podcasting, especially since we do so many shows. So. Um, Purchasing Adventures of Serial Buddies really helps us out and continue this adventure of ours. So um, Adventures of Serial Buddies, SerialBuddies.com is the website. And it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. That's the best reason. Um, anyway, so let's talk, let's switch gears and talk about the Masons. Um, you know, I thought I thought interesting storyline for, t- you know, and kind of debate of tonight, like, it, it, they kind of started off, okay, do we, you know, what happens when we find Alexis and Ann? Do we mm. stay or do we go back to Charlestown? You know, what? 
What are the pros and cons? Well, I kind of liked what Ben had to say. I mean, Ben did get ostracized a little bit when he was rescued and they were able to take the harness off. You know, people didn't trust him right away. He was considered a freak. So Alexis coming back now that everyone knows that she has alien DNA, she'd probably be even much worse off. Uh, you know, it's probably better for them to just start. And, and also and running off like that, just the two of them putting people into jeopardy. Uh, I just thought it made a lot of sense uh, to why they would leave and why the Masons might go with them. They've survived on their own out out in out in the road by themselves as it is, and they're much better fighters now than they were. Uh, at least the kids are much better fighters now than they were a couple of seasons ago. So it's it's completely doable. And going back to another possible, I mean, how was uh, how was the mole was considered the mole? So Hal's already probably looked at negatively. People like Pope making fun. Remember the the whole yeah. eye worm defense, and then uh, Ben still got the harness, so he's still considered a freak to some. And now Alexis. I mean, this family is like if you know going back but there. I get that, but all the more reason why you know if if they can kind of overcome that and you know go back and be accepted, I think it's uh, it's symbolic. You know, and I, th- I think Tom always has kind of understood that. I mean, look at. The, the the liberty tree hmm. i was going to call it the tree of life but it's really the liberty tree you yeah. know and so i think it just sends an overall positive message of like hey you know what no matter what happens uh you know we're here we all deserve to be together and uh you know we're willing to help you guys and you guys may not accept this right away but we're gonna fight for you yeah no matter what i i agree with you i, I mean obviously when they said they weren't gonna go back i'm like what's gonna happen <laughs> this this you know they can't just disappear i mean how are we, we gonna follow them or we're gonna follow charleston no and we're Weaver gonna follow the you know the, gonna... the pickets are gonna be the new uh, mason family <laughs> they're gonna go back and become... they're gonna go back instead yeah, and, and, and you know the dad's going to become the president, and they're going to rob everybody before he becomes president, or <laughs> possibly. But uh, I mean, obviously, we want to see them back. But I mean, just think about the environment they're leaving. I mean, they're leaving an environment where the vault. They, they uh, Tom thinks Cochise is dead and Hathaway. Uh, there is a growing sentiment from Pope's group uh, that uh, that these aliens are not to be trusted or worked with, and and again, the the, the whole half the family are are aliens or, or have something going on with aliens and, and you know, okay, but look then, down But upon. then you also, you know, you have it in your mind that if they don't come back, Weaver's going to go looking for them. Okay, so then you're losing, you know, you, you just, here's the thing. Well, it, I, don't think they're think, I don't think they're thinking that way, but that's a good point. Uh, Tom could be, possibly. I mean, yeah. the, the, the problem is what message does it send? I mean, you know, uh, you have to come back because you have to come back. I mean, if your whole point is mm-hmm. that you know, uh, everyone's supposed to help and come together to rebuild this and everyone's efforts um, are needed and to be counted on, then why is it okay for you to just ba- basically abandon it? I mean, Pope talks about wanting to do that, but he hasn't done it, mm. you know? So ultimately, he's still a good person, whereas I think if you just give up and leave, well, it doesn't show courage. Yeah, well, don't and that's for- not what the Mason family is. Don't forget the one other aspect that we're overlooking here, and it might be a selfish thing to think this way, but we've been talking the whole season about Tom's struggle between being president and being family man and having to decide between both of them. So right now he's making a decision to stand for his family. So it makes sense that he decides to stick together with the family and they just go out on their own in that sense. It's selfish. It's obviously not thinking about the war, not thinking about the good that his family could be in Charleston. But 
I mean, that's where he's coming from. But he from separates right from his family at the end anyway, which is the ironic part. I, I know, part. I know that doesn't make sense to me, but we'll get into that part when we get to All that. Alright, well, part. let's talk about the pickets. Okay. Um, so the ambush happens. Um, so it, it, it's an interesting, to use a word, juxtaposition. Juxtaposition. Because, because uh, you know, it, you know, they're, they're pretty much pound for pound kind of similar to the Masons. It's a very similar family, yeah. You know? Um, and yet, you know, how they survived and their different ideologies, mm. et cetera. And so... Both their moms, both the mothers have died. Yes. Yeah. So. But in two different circumstances. One exactly. by the aliens, one by humans. I, exactly. And so, you know, that's obviously the big deciding factor in who, how they trust yeah. human beings. And obviously the pickets do not. Yes, obviously the pickets do not. Well, it was a really interesting uh, seeing them robbed, seeing the Nolans robbed... Um, I say, I say, no one's the Masons robbed, uh, you know, on their on their trip on their trip, and then uh, taking their horses, taking their food, everything, and then of course the Masons aren't going to go quietly with that, so they end up. Uh, I, I love, I love them going to the farm and everyone. Uh, ben, first of all, could probably single handedly take down almost everybody just because of his power. Um, but then uh, Matt's involved. Hal's fighting with Uncle Gil. And uh, and then uh, Tom gets the the father father picket. I'm not sure if we got his name. Uh, but what was really really interesting about that whole interaction was um, Uncle Gil gets shot by of all people Matt, the youngest kid, who got too eager. he got a little too eager. I'm, I'm actually a, one of the things that did shock me is uh, I mean I know how it seemed like Hal was in danger. Never really looked to me like a hundred percent like Hal was about to die, but they never really seemed to broach the fact that Matt almost killed somebody uh you know that he was the one who shot um because i think that's kind of a big move it it is a big move and i mean i think it was more in his reactions in the later part of it you know he he basically after that had a look of sadness for the rest of the episode and he didn't change at all i'm just surprised that they didn't go more into that i would have thought i i get the look i get i i get seeing his reactions but i i was a little surprised that uh in a Steven Spielberg family drama that they wouldn't really go into, talk, go into that a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I, I, they certainly could have played with that, um, you know, especially when they're talking about, uh, you know, Tom and the father are talking about, you know, uh, human beings are cruel, et cetera. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think they could have had a moment like, hey, you know what? It didn't have to be this way. And look what you've led my son to believe. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be this way. But this is, you know, the reaction that you've caused within him. Yeah. You know, and is this what you want for your kids? Yeah. Especially your daughter who, you know, she was the one who kind of saved everything for the Masons. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And, uh, you know, it sucked because, uh, you know, uh, so they go up like, hey, come on, let him at least talk to his next of kin. How, he gave like, his word. He yeah, gave he his gave word. his word. <laughs> but then, like, then Gil's like, hey, look under there. There's a gun. <laughs> so, you know, that, that was that was really shitty. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It's I on. thought it was a it was a jerk move, but at the same time, do we really considering what's happened to his wife, to the father's wife, um you really expect him to not to just all of a sudden trust the Masons that much? So what what was really got really weird was the whole firing line almost turned into a little firing line thing before um for the daughter kind of like yeah. uh, was able to, to yeah gave that opportunity for Tom to take advantage again but that was a little scary seeing them just willing to shoot everybody down 
But uh, I don't know. I don't think he eventually was going to pull the trigger. As soon as Tom turned around and said, you know, go ahead, do it. I mean, you know, you could have just gotten to the point where, like, Tom put the gun in his mouth and was like, okay, do it. Mm. Because I, I think here's the thing. I think, you know, it catches most people off guard because then at that point, it's you know, when you almost want them to do it. Yeah. Now go ahead. Do you have the courage? Because I do. To take the bullet, but do you have the courage to pull the trigger? Mm. And, uh, you know, ultimately, he didn't. Well, we don't know exactly if he didn't, but Tom Tom believes that he didn't. After the fact, he believes that he probably wouldn't have shot him. So, uh, I mean, that's the good that Tom is. Tom sees the good in people. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's right. I honestly don't know if he's right. You that's know. why I'm, uh, you know, he, he I thought they word. had their, I thought they had their moment. Yeah. The, but, um, you know what? The, and again, it was interesting how through this whole debate of should the Masons leave Charleston, they're telling those guys, hey, you know what? There's a great place about 20 miles that way. Yeah. Where you guys don't have to be in danger. Well, they don't feel they were in danger. I mean, they said aliens had never bothered them, which has been a bit of a surprise. That and that's all well and good, but what about food? I mean, they're, you know, they, okay, they're sur- they're trying to survive, but okay, you're just well, they just you, don't. You're not sustained. They don't trust anyone because of those people that they let in that were uh, travelers that were trying to get away from the aliens who eventually tried to rob them. So incredibly distressful. So I mean, uh, you know, I'm just saying that that's their motivation, obviously. Uh, I would imagine that once food completely runs out, they're going to have to change. Yeah, that that's what they would have to do. But obviously, they were not in any mood to change at this time. Although, although they're gone now, so who knows? Maybe they did. Well, I, I, well, let's talk about that because uh, so you know, obviously the, the the danger is you know here's some skitters going right for the picket house. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Tom, in amazing fashion, says, you kids go on ahead. <laughs> I'm going to go that way. What was he said? He said, if uh, if we only thought about our own, if all we care about is our own family, we're no better than them. So that was his excuse for going back to, to warn the pickets and to get them out of there. Yeah. So, but yeah, I also question why leave everyone alone especially after what i just said and it really makes sense although although maybe the answer is right there i mean for someone who's choosing family right now over charleston to go after ann and alexis and then leave charleston and just go on their own way which i think in a way is a little bit of a selfish move i get it but it's a selfish move all of a sudden he's saying let's not be selfish right now let me go back and, and save the family and he just separates himself from his family to do it yeah so well interesting. i think i think he 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 knows that charlestown is going to be okay yeah you know, um, without him or his family. I think they'll be all right, at least for the time being, certainly. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's laid the foundation for, you know, the weapon, the bomb mm-hmm. weapon. Um, but with this, the the Pickett family, they, you know, they don't know better. And uh, going back to that moment when he did trust him, um, he didn't complete his, quote, mission. You know, at least with Charles, again, it's it's left in a place that it can sustain and be okay. The picket family, they're, they're, uh, you know, they're just going to be eaten, basically. You know, they're going to be killed. They're going to be slaughtered by the aliens. Hmm. And so, of course, he's got to help them. So it's, I can see where duty comes into play. (laughs) Sorry, you said, yeah. 
What, duty? Uh, I laughed at duty. I don't know. Sorry. Why? It's late. What, what do you think of pooping? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Sorry. <laughs> Grow up. Um, I try. Honestly, I try. <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't know. I think that's why he did it, ultimately. Mm. Do you disagree? No, I... I no, I kind of agree. I mean, well, this is he's always conflicted. He's kind of like always stuck between doing what's morally right and and standing by his family. Yeah. And uh and this was a big decision. Although again, I mean, especially after what happened, I mean, he separates himself from his family and he is captured once again by by the aliens. So we we get to see what happens now with that. Yeah, that that'll be quite interesting. <laughs> Speaking of that, let's head into predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV predictions. Um, well, we got three more episodes left. Yeah. Um, things are gonna change. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's it's gonna be. We didn't get, we didn't get much. Oh, I, I guess everyone's back. At, the the Volm weapon is complete. Yeah. Uh, the the grid is. What did they say? The grid is complete. The grid is complete, right? The grid, well, the grid hasn't been uh, turned on yet, okay. but they're about two weeks away from the grid getting turned on, and that's why they're trying to rush the weapon to, uh, yeah, that's what they're doing the rush with the weapon. Right next now. week, next week, I think we we see the weapon being powered on. Yes, or unless well, they're previewing all three episodes. That's what they're showing. They're showing what looks like the weapon being powered on. Yeah, or, uh, or the grid being something being powered on. <laughs> and the Masons are back in town. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they didn't make mention of the mole, really. Well, you know, what's interesting, uh, I did want to bring this up because Comic-Con is this week, for anyone tuning in, going to San Diego, and Falling Skies is going to have um, a panel there. They have, they've had one for the past couple of years. And uh, what, one interesting person that will not be on the panel, which I don't know if this reveals anything, is actually uh, Seychelle Gabrielle, who plays Lords. Lord, so uh, so the fact that the mole, which is going to be one of the biggest cliffhangers coming out of today's episode, that people who are going to Comic Con will will not want to know. Yeah, it doesn't look like they're going to get any answers, at least not from the actress, because she won't be there at Comic Con. So I don't know if that's revealing. If maybe, um, if maybe she's soon to be eliminated or what? But I'll, I'll say I'll say she gets discovered. <laughs> and she's not long for uh, this world of falling skies. That's what I'll say. Interesting. Well, I know you're going, so um, you know I, th- we're definitely going to get get a nice special segment next time we see Nando. <laughs> All this pressure, yeah. I know. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be so Comic Con wiped up next Sunday. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> like, Sarah likes popcorn. <laughs> That's going to be amazing. You knew that already. <laughs> Sarah uh, Carter likes popcorn. I bet you she does. Um, but yeah, so three more episodes. It's going to be interesting to see where it goes. I mean, the culmination of the season ha- is leading up to this weapon. Mm-hmm. Obviously, now that we also know all of its dangers. And uh, luckily, though, the mole doesn't know yet what this weapon does. But it's going to be interesting. Yes. And then, uh, of course, we got to see Karen. Uh, you know, Karen's got to come out in this somehow. I, well, I would we, think Karen will be. We'll see Karen next week, I'm sure, because Tom's taking. Uh, Tom's got to be there with her or something. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Then, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, and then you know, we. I think. Uh, I think Alexis and and Anne have to be alive. Well, they better be alive. I hope they're alive. <laughs> this isn't like walking because then dead it's fruitless. Where... Then it's fruitless. All this all this work to try and rescue them, and they're dead. I hope not. Yeah. So. Uh, so I'm sure we'll see that. And, um, and you know. I really hope 
things are on the up and up for this town because I don't <laughs> want them going downhill. I, well, with three episodes left, I think it's going to be a little more a little more downhill before it goes uphill. I, uh, yeah, unfortunately. But I think we'll end the ep- season on a good note overall. Yeah. Um, anyway, thank you guys for listening. Nando, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Nandovel at Twitter, N-A-N-D-O-V-E-L. Of course, and he'll be at Comic-Con. So I'll post some stuff from there. So make sure to follow him on Twitter so you can follow him at yeah. Comic-Con if, if you're there. If phone doesn't die because its reception always sucks out there. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. And, of course, follow us here at AfterBuzz TV. That's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that fun stuff. And, of course, AfterBuzzTV.com. Rate, comment, and be sure, if you haven't, uh, which there's only a few of you, I'm sure, Adventure of the Serial Buddies. <laughs> Out now. Um, thank you, guys. Yes. We'll be back next week, and we'll finish out the season strong. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.